have your Bibles tonight? Can you stand a little bit more tonight, I guess? I, oh, praise God. You guys drained me this morning. <laughs> Amen. I know there's uh, some folks, different ones have put down for some CDs. I made some more labels. I don't know if I made enough, but they're going to try to get those together and uh, get some copies made for you and uh, from, of this morning's message. But amen. I told, told them at lunch, at lunch, I said, well, you know, I, I really had about made my mind up, okay, I've said all that I need to say about, about what's going on and about the pol- anything political or anything like that. And then <laughs> I, said, I said I was uh, studying the text, went to study the text for the message there earlier in the week. And uh, when I read that text on, um, uh, you know, give, rendering to Caesar what Caesar and to God the things that are God, and I read the Brother Swaggart's notes and the expositors, and he said this was... Uh, Jesus' um, teaching, I don't remember exactly how he said it, but on the separation of church and state. And I said, well, here we go again. <laughs> Glory to God. But anyway, anyway, um, I, I just want to be led by the Holy Spirit. Just preach. See, I'm not the preacher. The Lord is. And without Him, I can't do it. And uh, I, I seek Him, I pray, and... Um, I have to have what he gives me, what he puts upon my heart. Um, this pa- I'll tell you this, this past week, well, lately I've just been spending a lot more time in the office, in the study, in the Word. And Sister Denise said she has too lately. And um, man, we, we, we just got to live close to Jesus. Amen. I feel like, you know, I want to prepare this congregation, I want us to be ready. I, uh, I want to be that shepherd that feeds the flock and strengthens the sheep and, and leads you and that watchman on the wall to warn. And, uh, you know, if I do that in Ezekiel 33, he talked about that watchman, you know, and he said if that watchman's up there and he sees the danger coming and he refuses to say anything, if he sees, if he doesn't warn the wicked and that wicked man dies in his sin, God said, I'll require the blood of that person. It'll be on the hands of that watchman for not sounding the alarm. But he said if he warns and he sounds the alarm and that person continues on and doesn't pay any attention then I've delivered my soul. That watchman is free from the blood of that person, that individual. So anyway, um, we just want to preach God's Word and teach God's Word. Turn with me tonight to a book that you probably read all the time, The Song of Solomon, The Song of Solomon, the sixth chapter. I'm going to read one verse of Scripture. Amen. The Song of Solomon is a wonderful, wonderful book. It depicts uh, the relationship between God and Israel, and it also spiritually depicts the relationship between Christ and His church. Amen. So I want to read one verse tonight from the sixth chapter of the Song of Solomon and uh, the 10th the, uh, verse. Song of Solomon, chapter 6 and verse 10. And I want to talk to you a little bit tonight about the church. And I want to use for my subject tonight, like a mighty army. 
like a mighty army. Look at verse 10. Who is she who looks forth as the morning, fair as the moon, clear as the sun, and awesome as an army with banners? Fair as the moon, clear as the sun, and awesome as an army with banners. You know, throughout the Bible, the Word of God uses uh, allegorical, many allegorical terms and types and signs and symbols to present and to represent the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And here in this text, um, the, the church is described as uh, looking forth as the morning. The light of the world with the Lord Jesus Christ being her day spring from on high. The writer here, the Holy Spirit, depicts the church as being clear as the sun. Exhibiting great light to those who are groping in darkness. And that is what the church should be. The scripture here speaks of the church and describes the church as being fair as the moon which would refer to the reflecting of the light of the Son of Righteousness that is arisen with healing in His wings. But then the, the, the next thing that is said there in the last part of that verse, He says that she is as, that the church is awesome as an army with banners. And here as an army she is likened unto the camp of Israel in the wilderness, in the midst of enemies that they were in, that, that they, that, and being engaged in a conflict. And that's what I want us to look at a little bit tonight because this describes what the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is to be in the world today. I don't know about anybody else, but I'm glad tonight that I am a part of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I thank God for the church, and the Lord loves the church, and the church is to, to be what this text describes the church to be, looking forth as the morning, clear as the sun, fair as the moon, and awesome as an army with banners. The church, the true church of Jesus Christ, is an awesome, awesome thing tonight. Can I get an amen? amen. Now, I want to I want to talk about a few things and give you a few points about the church uh, tonight and the church uh, basically as an army. And number one, I want us to think about the conception of the church. The conception of the church. Because the conception of the church came at a time when, when the hope for the world's salvation had vanished. When you think about the time that the church was conceived, here we have, you know, Jesus had given his life on the cross. The Redeemer lay dead in a borrowed, sealed, and guarded tomb. And his disciples, his followers, were, were behind closed doors. They were hiding for fear, and uh, they had completely lost heart. They were in a place of dejection 
and their heart was filled with sadness and with hurt. And at that time when Jesus had died and he was there in that tomb, all of hell was holding a jubilee. And they were saying, well, the battle is finally over and he is finished and we have won. At least that's what the enemy thought. Hallelujah. But it was in those dark times, it was in those sad times, in those difficult times that the church of Jesus Christ was born. For out of the resurrection and the ascension and from that upper room, the church came forth to life. Hallelujah. And see, it was the upper room. It was the upper room. It was there where that old gospel ship of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ was launched from that upper room. We must never forget about that upper room and that day of Pentecost. In Acts chapter 2 verses 1 through 4, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled that whole house where they were, where they were sitting and there appeared to them cloven tongues like as of fire and set upon each of them. And they, that 120 there were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. What an awesome, awesome thing. That's, you know, that's the, the, the anthem scriptures of the Pentecostal church. And we are Pentecostal. We are a book of Acts church. At least we should be. Amen. And this was the birth of the church here on this day of Pentecost when, when they were filled with the Holy Spirit that day. And from that upper room, there was a group that came forth from there filled with new joy. Everything changed in their life. They were filled with new joy. They were filled with new power. They were overcome with a zeal for God, with an evangelistic zeal for God. They had been equipped. They had been endued with power from on high to do the works of Jesus and to pick up his ministry and to to take, take over from there where he had left off and God had filled them with his spirit and God had given him his, them his power and they went forth from that place that day in Jerusalem to shake the very powers of darkness and to turn the world upside down. My Lord, I'm telling you, 120 people were the nucleus of that church that changed the world forever. What can God, what God can do with a handful of people full of the Spirit, full of the power, and full of the anointing of the Holy Ghost? Can I get an amen? 
Woo, hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus had said to them, I say unto you, he had told them in John 14, 12, that he who believes on me, the works that I do, shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go to the Father. In other words, he was telling them, I'm going back, and I'm sending the Holy Ghost. I'm sending the Comforter. I'm sending the promise of the Father. And when you receive that endowment of power on, from on high, you'll go forth, hallelujah, clear as the sun. Praise God. Come on, somebody. You'll go forth as bright as the morning. You'll go forth as an army, an awesome army, fly, uh, flaying those banners, hallelujah, the blood-stained banners of the Lord Jesus Christ carrying that power of God to a lost and dying world. That's what we've got to have today. Can I get an amen? This group that came forth from that upper room had more, had more fervor than fear. And they had more courage than caution. And they preached, they preached like men under a spell. Glory to God. Because they were under a spell. They preached like men from another world. And their words were like burning flames of fire everywhere they went and preached that word, reached everyone their preaching stirred their preaching startled their preaching blistered and their preaching blessed and it cut and it caressed it didn't matter to them whether they were preaching to the Sanhedrin to governors to priests to the kings on the throne or to the crowds in the street it mattered not they had been filled with a power from on high and they preached the word of God God, Christ and him crucified without fear and without favor. Praise God. Give us a church and some preachers and some men and some women that will preach and testify of the power of Almighty God today. Amen. Their preaching was too much. Hallelujah, the, the, the religious world couldn't stand it. They had to be stopped. They were going forth in the power of, of the Lord Jesus Christ and the power of the Spirit. They were undoing the works that the devil had done. People were being saved. People were being healed. People were being delivered and set free. And so they had to be stopped. Satan said, I gotta put a stop to this. And so they were persecuted. They were stoned. They were sawn in two. They were put in prison and beheaded and thrown to wild beasts. I mentioned a little about this morning. Some were burned at the stake. But the point is, in that time of persecution, war had been declared upon the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. War had been declared. I believe that Satan has declared war upon the church. So we see the conception of the church, but secondly, we want to go into the conflicts of the church because this church is described as being an army of the Lord in conflict and awesome as an army with banners to be a part of the church is you know we have our 
our recreation. Yes, that's true. But the church is not a Sunday school picnic. The church is not, being a part of the church is not just a bed of roses. It's not a social club gathering. To be a part of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ means that we are in the arena with the devil himself. Hallelujah, we are battling against the hosts of hell today. We are facing the forces of evil, of wickedness, of lawlessness, and of destruction. How many is with me tonight? We are, we are facing the oppositions from the pits of hell tonight. And so it calls for a church that is empowered. Amen. This is no place for wishy-washy, milk-toast, weak, limp-wristed, compromising cowards, ladies and gentlemen. But this church today is a church that is, that is in conflict and it calls for a people with a backbone, a people with a moral stamina, and for believers who will take that stand against wickedness, against worldliness, and who will stand on the word of God and fight the good fight of faith and lay hold on eternal life. Hallelujah. I don't remember that old song. Come to me. I don't remember the name of it, but there was a part in that old song said, it's a battlefield, brother, not a recreation room. Come on, amen. And that's exactly where we're at today. The church of Jesus Christ must rise up and be militant. The church of Jesus Christ must clothe herself with the full armor of God and take a stand like we've never taken before. Hallelujah. We need the power of God in our lives today. Come on, amen. This conflict that we are in calls for a church that will be a force and not a form. We must be a force and not a form. This conflict today that we're in demands a John the Baptist who will denounce sin and Elijah who will pray down fire from God, a Samson who will pull down the gates of the enemy and carry them off. And a David who will be bold enough to go down into the valley and stand facing the giant and take the head of the giant off and win that victory. A church today that will be conquering a conquering militant army of the Lord and that will march victoriously against the powers of darkness. And that is the church that God has called us to be. A church that is invincible. Are you listening? A church that is invincible. And through the years, the soldiers that have fought in this army have, been, have faced lion's dens and braved fiery furnaces, been exposed to sickness and suffering and endured tribulation and given their life for the gospel of Jesus Christ. But they've given their life and been mortared and given everything Everything to see the cause of the church continue to march on to victory. And I just have to believe today that the church in this 21st century must rise up and also march on as an army with banners, an awesome church, victorious and undefeated and invincible against the powers of darkness that are arrayed against us today. Come on, amen. 
Hallelujah. We're not playing church anymore. Hallelujah. It's not a picnic anymore. We're going to have a church picnic, thank God, but this is not a picnic. This is a battleground today. Hallelujah. There's the conception of the church and the conflict of the church, but here's the thing. We are in a conflict, but I want to talk to you a little bit about the commander-in-chief of the church. Because this army that I'm talking to you about tonight has a commander-in-chief. And how many knows? Who knows who the commander-in-chief is? The Lord Jesus Christ is the commander-in-chief of this army. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 20, he says uh, this, talking about Christ, he, which he worked in Christ when he raised him, speaking of God, raising Jesus from the dead, when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age but in that which is to come. And he, God, has put, listen to it, all things under his feet and gave him, the Lord Jesus Christ, here it is, to be head over all things to the church which is his body the fullness of him that fills all in all who is the head of the church Jesus is the head of the church it is his church it's not my church it's his church hallelujah he's the head of the church Jesus Christ is the founder of the church he is the keystone he is the cornerstone he is the rock that the church is built upon. And Jesus said, and we must be reminded of his words when he said, and on this What? Rock. I will build my church, hallelujah, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Glory be to God. See, ladies and gentlemen, it is his power and it is his leadership that has caused the church to be able to withstand the valleys and the storms and the persecution and the onslaught of the powers of darkness. The church could not have survived or made it through the centuries had it not been for the leadership and the blessing and the hand of the Lord upon that church. Amen. Under his command, under the command of our commander in chief, under his guidance and under his leadership, the church will continue to march on and continue to overcome and continue to conquer and continue to be victorious. The church of the Lord, a mighty army, hallelujah, praise God, victorious in the conflict. C.H. Spurgeon said that the church may go through her dark ages, but Christ is with her in the midnight. She may pass through her fiery furnace, but Christ is in the midst of the flames with her. I believe that tonight, don't you? Amen. See, Jesus is our commander-in-chief. He is the captain of our salvation. He is, you got to get this, he is tonight 
light in the midst of the golden candlesticks as one likened to the Son of God and he is in the midst of his church to strengthen us and to empower us and to console us and to bring us through to victory. Amen. Paul said it in Ephesians 5 that Christ loved the church and he gave himself for her that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of the water by the word. And he might present her to himself. Here it is. A weak, defeated, emaciated church. No, it didn't say that. Come on, somebody. Are you with me? Amen. That he might present it to himself. What? A glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. And I believe today that he's got a church, that he has a bride, that he has a remnant, that he is working on, that he is purifying, that he is sanctifying, that he is empowering, that is getting ready for the marriage supper of the Lamb. Come on. Amen. Hallelujah. It's a mighty army marching through the land, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is our commander in chief. He will lead us through to victory. He's the captain of our salvation. We've got to follow him. Praise God. But fourthly is the battle cry of the church. Remember when I was in high school, I thought about this the other day. Boy, I think about some weird stuff sometimes. I can't even remember sometimes what I did yesterday, but I can remember something in high school. I don't get that. But I remember, I remember going to the Cape Central, Cape Central Tigers football games, basketball games, you know. We went, every, we went every Friday night, even after we got married. We were out of school and got married. We still, every Friday night, we went to watch the Cape Central Tigers play. But I remember the, the cheerleaders. Now, not because I, you know, I just remember the cheerleaders. <laughs> I didn't come out just right, did it? <laughs> Amen. I remember the cheers that the cheerleaders did. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Amen. One of the cheers that they used to do was V-I-C-T-O-R-Y. That's the central battle cry. Amen. Did any other schools do that, something like that? Uh, exactly. I think they all shared from one another. Well, that was the, the, the central high school, Cape Central High School battle cry. But the church has a battle cry. The church of the Lord Jesus Christ has a battle cry as well. Do you know where we find the battle cry of the church today? We find the church's battle cry, I believe, in Zechariah chapter 4 and verse 6. And that battle cry is this. So he answered and said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. See, that has got to be the battle cry today of the church because it's not our might, my might, not my wisdom. I'm a, you, I, I, listen, I'm honest with you tonight. Folks, I, I tell the Lord that all the time. I can't do this. I need your power. 
your anointing, your strength. And so our battle cry has to be, God, it's not by our might or power, but it's by your spirit. If we accomplish anything of any value for the Lord Jesus or for the kingdom of God, it will be not because of our uh, strength or ability or intelligence or anything else, but it will be because of the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit of God that has used us. Amen? It was the Holy Spirit that gave Peter courage and power to preach that first Pentecostal message on the day of Pentecost. Just a few days before, he had denied Christ three different times, but he emerged from that upper room filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, and when they accused them of being drunk, it was Peter who stood up and said, men and brethren, these are not drunken as you suppose, but this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel, and he told them exactly what was happening that day. He preached to them a message that convicted them and brought 3,000 into the kingdom of God. It was the Holy Spirit that gave those early, those in that early church strength to defy the ecclesiastical and the civil and military rulers of that day. It was the Holy Spirit that made Elijah's prayers mightier than Ahab and Jezebel. It was the Holy Spirit who made the words of Isaiah in his mouth hotter than coals of fire. It was the Holy Spirit that made Daniel more powerful than the king and his kingdom in Babylon. It was the Holy Spirit that made the apostles mightier than the Roman legions. And it will be the Holy Spirit that will empower us and lead us and get us through these last days and carry us on to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Amen. Woo, hallelujah. When the fire of the Holy Spirit burns in believers, ladies and gentlemen, hearts are stirred and tongues are loosed and men and women and boys and girls are made new and changed and charged and challenged by the mighty power of God. Hallelujah. I'm gonna tell you something. We've got to have a refreshing, a renewing, a refilling, a rebaptizing in the fire of God. The Holy Spirit. That is our battle cry. It's not by our minor power. We need the Holy Ghost more in these last days than we ever have before. Woo, hallelujah. Folks, I'm gonna tell you the finest hour of the church is not when a big beautiful building or sanctuary is built. The finest hour of the church is not when the largest congregation is assembled and we break attendance records. The finest hour of the church is not when the most scholarly or intellectual sermon is preached, in which you ain't getting much of that here. For me, anyway. But the greatest hour of the church is when the Holy Spirit moves in that congregation. Amen? Doesn't matter if it's two or three that are gathered together or if it's a thousand. Doesn't matter. The greatest moment, the greatest hour 
is when the Spirit of God moves and when people are touched by the Spirit of the Lord and when people will walk down an aisle drawn and convicted by the Holy Spirit and are saved and sanctified and Spirit-filled and the sick are healed and the bound and the oppressed are set free, that is the finest hour in any church. And if we get rid of the Holy Spirit, if we shut Him out or lock Him out, I'm telling you, a lot of these churches that a lot of these churches that said we won't have the gifts of the spirit or the operation of the moving of the holy spirit in our sunday morning services you know what many of them are still locked up today Glory to God. We cannot put the Holy Spirit out somewhere and say, well, we will determine when he operates or when he moves. Amen? We're not going to do that. Hallelujah. The greatest moment in the church is when the Holy Spirit moves in that service. And Jesus knew. He knew what the church needed. And he knew what it was going to take. And and he ordered the very thing, the precise spiritual equipment. I'm talking about Jesus. He ordered for the church the very very equipment that they would need to be successful for him in this world. Amen? He said it to them in that that meeting with those disciples in John 14, 15, 16 before he went to Calvary. And in John 16, 7, he said, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. I'm telling you the truth. It is to your advantage. Listen to me. He was trying to explain to them that he was going to the cross. He was going to die and be raised the third day, and they just never got it. It just never registered. No, no, no. They didn't want to hear that. They wanted him to set up the kingdom right then. But he said to them, It's to your advantage that I go away. Because he said, if I do not go away, the comforter, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, hallelujah, if I depart, I will send him to you. And thank God, church, he did depart. He died on that cross. He was put in that tomb. And the third day, glory to God, the grave couldn't hold him. He came out of there, resurrected, ascended into heaven. And on the day of Pentecost, he sent back the promise of the Father. And he said, that's for your benefit. That is for your advantage. That the comforter come. The Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit come to you. Thank God he's come. We want him. We need him. Glory to God. The battle cry tonight of the church in the 21st century is we need your spirit. Hallelujah. It's by your spirit, says the Lord of hopes. Woo! Glory to God. A.W. Tozier said this. He said, if the Holy Spirit was withdrawn from the church today, 95% of what we do would go on and no one would know the difference. But he said, if the Holy Spirit had been withdrawn from that New Testament church, 95% of what they did would stop and everybody would know the difference.
because that church totally depended on the Spirit. See, ladies and gentlemen, the Holy Spirit endues the saints with power to make those saints, to make you and I mighty through God, to pull down those strongholds of sin and Satan. And it is in His power that we go forth conquering and to conquer. And our battle cry tonight is, Lord, not by might, not by power, but by Your Spirit. Give us a fresh outpouring and filling of Your Holy Spirit that we can be the army of God that You have called us to be. We need Your power tonight, Lord. And last of all, and I close with this tonight, and that's the conquest of the church. Revelation 19. John, closing out the the book of Revelation, he says this, Now I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, And he who sat on on him was called faithful and true. And in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire. He's got fire in his eyes. And on his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. Woo, this is the final showdown right here, church. This is the final showdown. And the armies in heaven, that's you and me, coming back with him. The armies in heaven clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword that with it he should strike the nations. And he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness of the wrath of Almighty God. And he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written King of Kings and Lord of Lords. This is the final showdown. And can I tell you something tonight? That the church is seen here in Revelation 19 at the end. Listen, this is at the end of the tribulation the rapture's getting ready to take place we're going this mighty army this mighty church of Jesus Christ is going to the marriage supper of the Lamb for seven years we'll be in heaven rejoicing with the Lord hallelujah all hell will break loose on this earth but when the end of of that tribulation time comes and the antichrist thinks just about that he's just about conquered everyone. He's going forth to annihilate the nation of Israel. And just at that moment, when all the armies of this world shall someday gather in that place, that valley of Megiddo, and on that day when all the armies are there and Israel is surrounded, hallelujah, Israel is, is at, her, at her wit's end. She surely is going to be an 
annihilated. All of the cable news networks, glory to God, will have their cameras on that scene. Hallelujah. All of the liberal media will be watching that scene and probably gloating over the fact that Israel finally will meet their demise. But just at that moment, just when it looks like it's too late, just at that time, all of a sudden, the sky will open up. Hallelujah! Heaven will open up. And a white horse is going to come out of the heavens with the King of kings and the Lord of lords riding on that horse. And guess who's coming with him? That mighty army! Hallelujah! The saints of God! Hallelujah! The church of the Lord Jesus Christ coming to win that final victory and final conquest riding with our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, praise God. We will ride. Somebody say amen. Oh, the church, the Lord Jesus Christ is going to continue on until his kingdom shall cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. The resurrected, glorified saints are going to rule and reign, hallelujah, with Jesus Christ on this earth. Death and hell will be totally defeated. Satan will be put in the lake of fire. The Antichrist and the false prophet and all of the evil nations that followed him will be destroyed and be defeated. Glory to God. But the church, the church, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ shall be totally triumphant. Can I get an amen? Persecution will not crush the church. The power Hours of darkness will not beat us back and time will not abate our forces. And after the flags of republics and empires have blown to tatters and the earth itself has tasted death, then the church of the Lord Jesus Christ will stand forth glorious, free from the blemish of decay. The foundation is the rock of ages. The keys are held by the universal proprietor and the president of that church is all Almighty God himself. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, give the Lord a praise. Woo. Well, stand with me tonight. Who is she who looks forth as the morning, fair as the moon and clear as the sun and awesome as an army with banners? It's the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. An awesome church. Amen? Woo! God has His church, His remnant. Thank God, thank God. Father, we thank You tonight. We give You praise for Your goodness. Thank You for Your precious Word. Thank You, Lord, tonight. I just pray that, that this was an encouragement, Lord, to Your church. Strengthen our faith. Build us up. Encourage us tonight and let us be the church that you have called us to be. If there's one thing we pray and desire tonight, Lord, it is that Abundant Life Family Church, in the midst of all of the powers of darkness in this world, that we will shine brightly as the morning. Oh, hallelujah. That we today will be that army of the Lord. 
filled with power from on high. Not by our might or by our strength, but oh God, that we would have your spirit and your power and your glory upon us today. Oh Jesus, use this church, use each one of us like you never have before. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Y'all got one? They're going to sing another, all right? Let's just worship the Lord tonight. Praise God. If I go on the evangelistic field, I'm taking them with me. He needs a bus driver. When you're up on the mountain You never know The things keep changing When you're down in a valley But don't lose faith For you're never alone For the God on the mountain is the God in the valley when life goes wrong? You'll make it right. And the God of the good times is the God in the bad times. God of the day is the God of the night. On the mountain, well, talk comes easy when life's at its best, but it's down in the valley, a child's and temptation. For that's when faith is really put to the test. 